0: Hi everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel and welcome again to this week's edition of the AM Torah Podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's bow, and let's get right into it. So with all the makos that were given to the Egyptians, none of them compared to makos bacharos, to the killing of the firstborn. Even before the makos began, Hashem told Moshe to warn Paro that this would be the end result if he didn't send out Bnei Israel. One parish goes so far as to say that the only true punishment that was given to the Egyptians for how they treated Bene Israel was Makos B'choros. The first nine Makos were only given in order to harden Paro's heart, so that the next one should happen. The next one should happen, leading up to Makos Bahoros. But the only true punishment for how they treated Bene Israel, the only one that had the lasting effect, was Makos B'choros. And as we see, it did indeed drive Paro over the edge, and he himself went in the middle of the night and chased the Israel out of Mitzrayim. So when Hashem decreed that every firstborn in Mitzrayim would die, obviously the Maka was only supposed to be used against the Egyptians. However, Chazal tell us that Hashem allowed the Malach HaMavis free reign that night in Mitzrayim, and Hashem needed to make a distinction between the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people uh, in order that uh, the Malach HaMavis would skip the Jewish houses, and we know that he did that through the blood of the Karim Pesach placed on the door and we know the whole story but the fact that a distinction was made between Jewish and non-Jewish firstborns so the Torah teaches us that after this every bachar every Jewish Bukhar became kodesh became hectish. in return for Hashem sparing their lives for making this distinction between them and the Mitzrayim they became quote-unquote Hashem's property they became hectish. Similar to in the times of the Beis Amigdash, if someone would uh, set aside a field or an animal for the Beis Amigdash, for use in the Beis Amigdash, this is how the uh, Bechars at, at that time, that's how they were supposed to be treated. The Svarno says that in their Kodesh state, uh, they would not be allowed to do anything except for holy work. They could not be involved in mundane activities. And because of this whole thing, because of this whole idea, the end of the Parsha uh, us to the concept of pidginabenn. So what is pidginabenn? So, like all items that belong to Hektish, the firstborns belong to the kohanim. Um, this is not just firstborn humans, this is also firstborn animals. Um, the animals are brados carbonos, and the humans are redeemed. How does this work? So, at 30 days old, uh, this only applies to non-kohanim and non levim Uh, but at 30 days old, the father redeems his son from the Kohen uh, by giving the Kohen a certain amount of money. And that removes the Kodesh status of the baby and allows him to participate in regular mundane activities, lead a normal life. Now, you would think that this would be the saddest day of this baby's life because all of our lives we work to reach a level of holiness where our actions are totally devoted towards Hashem, where we become true vessels of Kedusha. And this boy is born with this life mission and it's given to him naturally, just from birth. And we take it away from him right away, which puts him on the same level as the rest of us and requires him to work the same as the rest of us to, leave, to, to reach that level of Kedusha. So you would think this would be a very sad day. Yet the first thing we do at a Pigeon of Ben is we have a Suda. We celebrate this pigeon. So, what exactly are we celebrating? So, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky explains that there is a fundamental belief of Judaism being revealed here. Each one of us was created with a physical body and a spiritual neshama, a combination of Gashmias and Ruchmias. Now, the simple understanding of the world would be that while the Guf and the Neshama share a space, their functions are separate. The body is supposed to take care of all the physical needs and activities and the neshama does the same for the spiritual needs and activities, but their tasks don't overlap in any instance. This is a mistake. Explains Rav Yaakov, the fact that Hashem placed the body and the soul together, dafka means that each one is supposed to participate in the activities of the other, in the functions of the other. The spiritual and the mundane responsibilities are supposed to be accomplished by the body and soul working together. If a person would be either completely physical or completely spiritual, even if they could somehow fulfill all their physical and spiritual goals, I don't even know if that's possible because you're not fulfilling your life's purpose. The purpose of our lives as human beings as a combination of gashmi and ruchni, of of spirituality and physicality, is to take the mundane, is to take the gashmias and raise it up to the highest levels of rochmias. So before this baby is redeemed, he is designated to be completely holy and he has the ability to accomplish great spiritual things. However, this is not the purpose of a human being. We're not meant to be completely spiritual. We're meant to have a physical side. So we can take that physical side and with the spiritual side that Hashem gives us, raise that up to the highest levels of spirituality. So we celebrate the I ben because now that the baby has been redeemed, he now has the ability to participate in regular mundane activities. And he is now able to accomplish his true purpose in the world, the true purpose of all human beings, which is to raise the gashmios, to raise the physical in this world up to the spiritual heights that are possible, that come natural to that bohar. thank you very much everyone for listening uh to uh, sign up for our email newsletter you know the drill by now please email me at amen at gmail.com that's a i m e m t o r a h at gmail.com you'll get the written version of this devar torah as well as an mp3 download uh if you want to get them from other places the blog itself can be found at old ideas for the modern mind blogspot.com that's where you'll find the ancient ideas for the modern mind it's our torah blog Uh, you can search us on itunes to download this podcast just search amen torah or search for my name yosef siegel you can also download the podcast from HashkafaHandbook.com. just click on the podcast tab and while at the top of the page and while you're there please uh, check out my book reality check a handbook of Hashkafa. Uh, just another reminder, last week I posted a essay on the purpose of the Akedah, the role of the Akeda, and the connection that it has to us even nowadays. That's Akeda Yitzhak, and that can be found at the Nation's Wisdom blog, which can be found at nationswisdom.blogspot.com. And of course, you can find us on all the social media pages, facebook.com slash amen or search Ancient Ideas for the Modern Mind on your Facebook search bar. And you can also find us on Twitter, at Amentora, or on Google+. Thank you very much, everyone, again for listening, and have a great Shabbos.